0: Chapter 22 of Undue Caesar This is a LibriVox recording all LibriVox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording done by Jules Harlech of Mississauga Ontario Canada Unto Caesar by Baroness Orksey chapter 22 Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. St. John's 15, verse 13. No doubt that for the first tense moment all thought of treachery, of conspiracy, of the Imperium, and even Dea Flavia was absent from the young man's mind it must have come upon him suddenly then and there that his life was now in almost hopeless jeopardy he was unarmed and all around him the smooth marble walls of the arena rose polished and straight to a height of at least twelve feet to the row of niches which alone might afford him shelter from the bases of the fluted columns the iron rings to which the silken ladders had previously been attached now hung at an unattainable height the narrow ledge four feet from the ground had ceased to be a stepping-stone to safety all this of course came to him in a flash as thus to a dying man they say the varied pictures of his life hortensius martius in that one flash realized that he was a doomed man that he had been trapped into this death trap and that nothing now but a miracle stood between him and a hideous death men up above in the tribunes held their breath some women began to whimper with excitement but the man and the panther stood for a moment eye to eye no longer the hunted and the hunter but the hungry beast of the desert and his certain prey the baffled creature tantalized with the blood of his other victims was ready to satiate its lust at last there was a moment of absolute silence while two tiny golden eyes measured the distance for a leap the young man now with the cunning born of a mad instinct for life was waiting with bent knees body slightly leaning forward and eyes fixed upon the brute he had unwound the cloak from around his arm and held it in front of him like a shield the man and the beast watched one another thus for a few seconds and to many those few seconds seemed like an eternity then with a snarl the panther bounded forward the man held his ground for the space of one second and as the brute landed within an arm's length of him quick as lightning he threw his cloak right in its face then he began to run the panther entangled in the folds of the cloth snavaged and snarling was tearing it to pieces but hortensius ran and ran driven by the blind sense of self-preservation He ran and ran the whole length of the arena, skirted the oval at the eastern end, and still continued to run, with elbows firmly held to his hips, and with swift-winged steps that made no sound in the sand. But already the creature, realizing that again it was being cheated, started in pursuit, with leaps and bounds that seemed erratic and purposeless it gradually diminished the distance between itself and the running man. Once it alighted on the outstanding branch of a gnarled tree, then from thence it took shelter in a clump of shrubs, then across the stream, swimming to the opposite shore, for the running man had rounded the oval and was now swiftly coming this way. Here in the tall grass it paused, cowering once more on the watch and hortensius while he ran so blindly along had failed to notice where his enemy lay hiding in the grass shouted a dozen voices there on ahead further on no no not there not there there was little exquisiteness left in the young man now it was but a few moments since he had stepped smiling into the arena kicking aside the rose-leaves which enthusiastic hands had thrown in his path it was but some minutes since he had begun to run and now the perspiration was pouring from his body his face was as gray as the sand of the arena the fear of death had raised the death-sweat on his brow his breath came and went hot and panting through his nostrils His eyes dilated with terror, were vainly searching for the cowering enemy. Once more he turned to run. The panther seemed to be playing with him. A dozen times it could have reached him. A dozen times it bounded to one side, giving his prey another chance to run. Another short respite for the agony of despair. Men, women, and children screamed with excitement. No longer did they cheer the handsome young patrician. No longer did they throw roses at his feet. They shouted to him to run because they knew that running was of no use. They urged the panther to leap because they fanned its rage with their screams. Habit! Habit! they shouted with every bound of the ferocious creature. Habit! Habit! now that Hortensius at last paused in his run. He stood quite still, for a veil had descended over his eyes. The whole arena began to spin and to dance before him. The marble columns were twisted awry. Thousands upon thousands of distorted faces grinned hideously upon him. Over the trees and the grass and the streams there was a a film of red, the color of blood and through this film which grew thicker and thicker as he gazed he saw nothing but just opposite to him across the width of the arena towering high above everything around the tall figure of dea flavia with her white dress falling straight from the shoulders her fair hair crowned with diamonds her face white as her gown and her lips parted as if uttering a cry of horror the next moment that cry it was a woman's cry did rend the air from end to end of the gigantic enclosure and the cry was echoed and re-echoed by thousands and thousands of throats as the panther taking steady aim, leaped straight for the man. The noise became deafening. Men, women, and children, everyone screamed, and right through this whirling orgy of sound a voice was shouting, strong and mighty as that of Jupiter, when he sends his decrees, thundering forth into the air. By his throat, Hortensius, by his throat, and I'll at him whilst he pants. Hortensius put out his hands with the last instinctive sense of self preservation. The muddy voice rang in his ear, it reverberated through the hot noonday air, and clanged against the copper gates as if a powerful arm had smitten them with the axe of Jove. The man saw the beast leap, felt the hot breath in his face, felt the two yellow eyes gleaming on him like burning suns and his ears buzzed with a din of thousands of shrieks then he suddenly felt himself uplifted whilst an agonized roar from the throat of a wounded beast overfilled the sealing cauldron of sound the praefect of rome was standing in the arena now and in his strong arms lifted high above his head he held the swooning man while some few paces away the panther was lying prone with blood streaming from its quivering jaws. It had all happened so suddenly that no one afterwards could say how it occurred. But there were those who retained a vision of the whole thing and afterwards shared their impression with others. Everyone recollected when my lord Hortensius first entered the arena and the iron gates closed in behind him that a general feeling of horror fell upon the entire public when it realized that all means of safety all chance of escape had been removed from those silken ladders and that the young patrician had in truth been left at the mercy of a powerful brute goaded to madness through the baffled desire for blood at that same moment the praefect of rome disappeared from the imperial tribune and the terrible scene between the hunting beast and the hunted man had begun time for the man to run round the arena time for the brute to stalk and play with its prey time it seemed for the praefect of rome to make his way from the imperial tribune to the east end of the arena where was stationed the city guard of which he had full control a few precious seconds in making the soldiers understand what he wanted a few more seconds to command them to obey for they stood as a phalanx against the gate thinking the praefect mad in desiring to enter the arena a few more seconds and taurus Antonor was at last in the arena shouting to the hunted man to have at the brute with his hands but hortensius was weak from exhaustion brought on by a life of luxury and idleness and by the excitement of the last two days he put out two feeble hands and the panther was already on the leap and by that time taurus antinor was between him and the brute with a blow of his hard fists fashioned in the far-off northern lands and with the strength that is given to the barbarians of that sea-washed shore he had drawn blood from the creature's jaw and sent it rolling back on its haunches momentarily dazed only momentarily however whilst two hundred thousand throats yelled in unison habit 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 a precious moment that with a maddened beast a swooning man and no arms save a pair of fists hard as iron made with a hand slender and supple like the finest tempered steel and while the panther fell back roaring and before it could prepare for a new spring taurus antinor had seized the swooning man it was his turn to run now for he had but a few seconds in which to save the life of his bitterest foe straight to the walls of the arena did he run and his voice was heard speaking loudly and commandingly the arcade man rouse thyself the arcade the rings in the columns quick it needed the strength of a bullock's to accomplish the deed that or the strength which comes from unbendable human will the man only half conscious returned to his senses by the force of that same will the instinct of life was strongest in the end and when taurus antinor leaped upon the ledge and hoisted hortensius's body high above his head the young man with the final effort born of hope and built upon despair reached up and caught one of the massive rings embedded in the bases of the fluted columns for a few seconds he remained suspended his body swinging against the marble wall whilst the public cheered with an enthusiasm that knew no bounds from below the praefect helped to push the feeble body up then another jerk a pull upwards a push and hortensius martius had found safety in one of the niches of the arcade hail to the praefect of rome hail came in a continuous thunderous roar from every corner of the arena even as with a sudden bound the black panther had sprung up upon taurus antinor and catching him unawares had felled him to the ground End of chapter 22.